Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm Rick Scotch, your host of the Scotch Parlor podcast, where we capture and share the journeys and stories of inspiring creators who are out in the world doing what they love. Inspire, explore, create. Life is good. Let's get started. Rick Scotch on the Scotch Potter podcast. Today I have automotive designer Sean Smith, who's the creator behind Sean Smith Designs. Sean Smith Designs is based out of Southern California. It's a creative studio specializing in the bespoke automotive industry. With over 20 years of hands-on experience, Sean Smith Designs have created some of the most remarkable and memorable designs for the entertainment, automotive, and power sports industries. Working with such clients as Saline Automotive, Rockstar Games, Ring Brothers, and Speedcore. Sean has brought to life through his design some of the industry's dopest muscle cars and hot rods. His Instagram is Sean Smith Designs and his website is seansmithdesigns.studio. Anyhow, I'm super pumped to have you here, Sean, on the Scotch Parlor Podcast to share your creator journey and offer some insights on your craft. Thanks for being here and I will pass it on to you to say hello and any brief intro. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. So are you, I, I said, yeah, I, you're Southern California is where you're, you're San Diego specifically, correct? Is that where you're located at? Yeah, I'm in San Diego, uh, born and raised in Southern California, currently in San Diego, North Park to be specific. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. How long have you lived in San Diego then? Um, I'm going on my second year. Um, before oh, that, cool. I lived here for about five years. And then, you know, I made, okay. another, made another jump back to L.A., and now back down, you know, it's a, it's a great place okay. to be. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. I was, I don't meet many people away from San Diego because they never leave. <laughs> no, there's not really. Yeah. Cause of the weather and the people yeah. and the food, there's not really a good reason to leave. So. Right. I know. It's like the perfect life. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot, no. it's a lot less hectic than, than, than LA. I love LA and I love everywhere, but you know, it's a lot less hectic than that. You know? Yeah. Totally, totally, totally. So where then where were you as far as your childhood? Uh, where, where were you raised? So uh, born and raised in San Bernardino. And I lived in San Bernardino County for until I was 18. And upon upon uh, high school graduation, I went to Art Center College of Design and um, went to uh, went to went to college there and, and wow. continued my studies. So cool, cool, cool. And then as a kid, were you? I always ask the question, were you the athlete that uh, played sports all the time? Were you the creative? Were you the the the, the kid that had the lemonade stand? Well, how would you define your your A when you were as a kid? Definitely the definitely the creative. I've I've always been drawing since I was four years old. Um I think even uh, maybe three years old. I've always been okay. drawing. Yeah. So that never stopped. Um, you know, and uh I don't know, kind of hit high school, hated high school. Um, actually dropped out for a minute and decided okay. to graduate early and go to continuation school because I found out about Art Center. So I started going right. to Art Center actually when I was in high school. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I've always been pretty motivated in art and creative, creative things. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. And as far as drawing, was it always... I mean, obviously you're in the automotive industry now, but was it always cars or what other type of art were you drawing when I was a kid? I think from like three to eight, it was cars. You know, you always drawing cars and okay. trucks and, and, and stuff like that. And then it, you know, shifted into uh, 
comic book characters and then and then it kind of shift into like I, 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 there's a period where I was doing landscape I think because my mom was doing a lot of landscape painting as well so I got into uh, that and then I shifted back into cars back when I was uh, 16 you know okay. got my driver's license and you know my dad was always into hot rods and and I started looking at his magazines and stuff like that and I was like oh wow so I started drawing cars you know so that's cool that's cool you know what? Um, you know what? Before we even get deeper, what is your top favorite cars? Oh, you can't ask me that. Uh, it's a two. <laughs> I had a feeling. I had a feeling it was gonna be like a, a list of cars. It wasn't gonna be one particular one. I mean, I, I have cars that I have in my mind that like I would buy now if I had the means to do it. You know what I mean? Is that uh, what you uh, want, or is uh, that, or do you want my like? I mean, a, a 1965 Riviera, slightly modified or custom, oh. is is one of them. Um, McLaren, um, you know, their 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 whole series. Anything from that right now is pretty good to me. Um, uh, the new Audi wagon, the RS uh, five wagon or RS six, I should say. That's that's pretty crazy. Um, uh-huh. It's weird with me. It's it's like it's like I am in the automotive industry. I'm around it so much that I'm actually kind of removed myself from it on a day to day basis because okay. it becomes less of my hobby because it's more of my living. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It's like yeah. the shoemakers wears the no, worst totally. shoes. Everybody asks me, they're like, "What yeah. do you drive?" Oh, you must have like a sports car, supercar. You drive, you know? And I'm like, "No, I have an Audi A4. Very simple, neutral, uh-huh. and clean." You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, you, well, I guess you, you kind of, um, I guess you live your car, your, 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 you get your car needs by your drawings, your designs and being around it so much that, that you, for your own personal, you're like, oh, just take away from, from what you do every day. Right. That's yeah. Kinda... I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'm busy managing everybody else's hiring, uh, automotive projects, so there's that. And then there's the whole thing of like inspiration. People are like, well, don't you get inspired by new cars? And it's like, I do, I do sometimes, but I actually get inspired more from other industries, which, you know, I have a lot of friends that are DJs or clothing or they're chefs or something like that. And I more or less like to figure out what they do for creativity and inspiration and how can I put that into what I do? Um, you know, oftentimes it's the other industries that get inspired, that kind of filter down and inspire the automotive industry. So I'm always kind of looking for other things and other than current cars on the road. When I look at a current car on the road, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's already been done. You know, what can I do to yeah. modify that where it hasn't looked like it's been already done? You know? Hmm. Cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's really cool. So then you talk about like inspiration. Where was the... Where was the point as you were growing up when you decided, I know in high school you said you, you ended up just going to continue in education, but when did you decide that you were going to do this? Yeah, I was like sophomore year in high school. And like I said, I was going to continuation school and I met a really cool art teacher named Mr. Peterson. And I initially actually, there was a phase where I was drawing Nikes a lot. Like, you know, I guess I'm a sneakerhead a little bit, not, not currently, but you know, at one point we all love shoes. And I was designing uh, a lot of shoes for Nike. So he sent these sketches to Nike. And he, and Nike sent them back like two weeks later with a note, handwritten letter from Phil Knight, who was the head of Nike. And he was like, hey, these are really good designs. We should keep in touch. You need to go check this school out, Art Center College of Design. So I was like, my teacher's like, okay, we're taking a field trip and we're taking you down there. And I'm like, okay. So we took the Friday off, got it cleared for the principal drove all the way down there and I walk in and I see the product design program, which is shoes and industrial design. 
But in the corner, I'm like, why are all these like car clay models and humongous renderings and sketches of cars? And they're like, oh, that's our automotive design program. And I was like, what? Like you can actually make a living designing cars? And I was already starting to get kind of warmed up to the idea. I'd see car sketches in magazines and Motor Trend and stuff. I was like, who does these, you know? And they're like, yeah, it's a full-on bachelor and science and, you know, everything. And yeah. So from then on, I was like, well, I want to get in. And they were like, well, you can't get in. You're in high school. And I was like, but we have a high school program on the weekends and at night. So at night and on the weekends, I would drive myself down whenever I could. And I was taking part-time classes in automotive design. And then I graduated early from high school because I wanted to get out. I graduated a year early and I continued to take those and those transferred over into when I finally got accepted in the art center. I don't know. Kind of a round around story. I'm sorry. Yeah. A little no, long, no, but... no. That's cool. Yeah. So then now did you, so how long, how long was automotive, the automotive design school? Um, technically it should be two and a half years, but uh-huh. when, um, when you go there, you're, you're, you're encouraged to do three, four, at least two internships. So okay. that's another, each internships three to six months. And okay. so once I got in, I did about, I did uh, internship at Hyundai and two at Mazda. And so okay. um, then I took uh, two more terms off uh, just just to take a break. It's a very expensive okay. school. It's very exhausting. Um, and so financially, I had to take a break for one term. And then the, the other term I took off was to get ready for graduation. But um, it, it most kids, it's four to five years. Yeah. If you go straight gotcha. through, you're probably not going to get a job because you didn't do any internships. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. And then as far as, so then after you were graduating, were you thinking, and when when were you think, started thinking like, I'm going to start doing my own, start my own design studio, or were you like, okay, let me go work for a big company. Uh, What was your, what was that, that journey? That's probably one of the only things I regretted. Like, it's like going there, I really wanted to get a job with the studio. Like my job was to work for Ford or Chevy and do the Camaro or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, once I graduated, I, I got a job at Honda designing uh, in, their, in their motorcycle power sports program, doing like super bikes and stuff like that. CBR 1000. I'm like, okay, this is cool. It was in Redondo beach. And like the first day, you know, I walked in and it was very corporate and uh, you know, my pay was like, extremely low you know like and i was like hmm i can make a lot more money designing hot rods than this um, <laughs> i couldn't get the experience that i wanted but and mind yeah. you my, you know my dad's a business owner in the automotive industry so the way growing up you know that was the way you do things is you know if you don't like working for the you know somebody you go across the street and you set up shop right mm-hmm. so it was like first year in the honda i was like forget this like i'm out of here you know they'd come around and be like oh yeah you got to stay till 1 30 tonight and I'm like, yeah, I'm making like nothing right now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I went I went and interviewed with Ford. And uh, at the time, I mean, Detroit's an amazing place. It's even more amazing now. But, you know, back then it, it, I was like, yeah, I'm not living here. So, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. but yeah. I, yeah, I do like Detroit, but I just couldn't see myself living there at the time. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. So then, so then, then that, so that basically was it that you were like, ah, smart, Sean Smith Designs started right there i come home from honda instead of staying late at honda i would i would do freelance at night you know and i'd hit it hard 
And it finally got to the point where these 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 two clients, the Ring Brothers, they're one of the biggest resto mod builders now. I was working, I was moonlighting for them. They were like, "Hey, what's going on here? Like, we're doing so much stuff here. That, like, you know." So I, two years into Honda, I, I came in and I and I put my uh, notice in, and I went cool. on my own. Yeah, nice man. So how is how does that all work? Like as far as as far as your clients, like. And you know, as a freelancer, I mean, what, who would, who would you approach? I mean, are they just general restoration car, car restoring shops or? Yeah. A lot of them are general hot rod or customization shops. Some of them are small volume manufacturers that specialize in doing, um, a limited small run of one vehicle like Celine or, or a company like that. Um, you know, sometimes it's a very wealthy client that just wants the artwork and the design done. And then he wants to take it to a builder to of his choice to commission, um, sometimes they come to me and they recommend people that I want to recommend to have build it. And then I'll project management on my end. So there's just a variety of ways we can get it done. Um, ideally. And then now, so now how much, so how many years is it over 20 years? Yeah. I mean, if I count when I started professionally, which is basically, even though I was in college, the internships, I was on some concept cars and stuff. So I guess, um, yeah, it's more or less 20 years. Yeah. More or less. So then now, as far as just like, your journey as the owner of smart, you know, being the designer, Sean Smith designs, what, as far as some of the highlights, like, uh, you've worked with some great companies, any particular, uh, celebrities cars that you did, uh, anything, what, 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 what was crazy out there? Um, highlights of my career. Is that what you're asking? Basically? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, there's been a lot. There's been a lot. Um, I definitely liked working on the Celine Tesla um, because it was just a different project because everybody thinks that electric cars are the death of a custom car or a bespoke uh-huh. one-off car. It's like, oh, it's electric. Oh, my God. You know, and it's like it really proved people, I think. I think it proved people that like, yeah, it's electric, but we could still do a car suited to your needs. It's one-off and bespoke to you. Um, working on the on the current Celine Mustang was definitely an achievement. Um, I, I've done... A lot of uh, hiring client cars, Robert Downey Jr. Um, I just got done wrapping up last fall a car with uh, for Kevin Hart. Um, so that's that's always fun because you know they always they always seem to enjoy in the uh, the one off aspect of the cars. You know, a lot of these guys yeah. are like, yeah, I have a Ferrari. Everybody else has one. They want something a little bit more that's hand tailored to them. I think they enjoy the process too of of communicating with the builder and somebody like myself and and getting a car that's suited right to their needs. So that's yeah. that's always nice to see. Um, traveling's pretty cool. I get to go to some of the best automotive, uh, automotive events in the country, Detroit Auto Show, yeah. Pebble Beach, Quail. Um, you know, those those are very cool events. Um, uh-huh. There's a lot of different, different um, aspects of it that are very enjoyable, you know. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Scotch Parlor Podcast. Just a quick reminder, make sure you make a visit to scotchparlor.com, subscribe to the podcast, and also check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Scotch Parlor. Now back to the episode. So then let's talk about the creative process then. So so how does how what how does it work? Like uh someone approaches you that they want a car one-off car design, unique car design, and what 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 do you how do you do it? Yeah, somebody somebody will contact me, and they, you know they're they're using like, hey, you know, I want a I want a '69 Camaro that's that's completely one off customized. Uh, how do we go about this? And you know, I'll ask them if they have a builder in mind, or if they already have a builder in play, or something like that. 
and I'll, I'll gather what they want out of the car and what they want to do with the car. That's actually one of the most important things and I recommend to people right now is really be honest with yourself and what you want out of the car. If you just want a crazy show car that wins the best car at SEMA and it's over a million dollars, that's fine. We can do that. It's probably not going to be the most drivability uh, secure car because it's so much custom uh, touches done to it. If you want a car that's a driver's car that stands out a little bit at all the events, we can do that too. Or we can try to do something in between. So I really try to get what the customer wants out of it. So once we have kind of what they want to do with it, I take that come up with a story and a concept with the car and start sketching out um, the modifications based upon what the budget is, what the timeline is, and really what they want to do with the car. And that seems to dictate the whole design process and how the car is going to look. You know, uh-huh. um, If uh-huh. a guy wants a crazy one-off show car that he's never going to drive and it's only going to see the trailer, it's going to have a crazy spoiler and a crazy rear bumper and the roof's going to be different and the hood, everything's going to be different. If it's going to be a driven car, then it's going to be a lot more tasteful and conservative, and it's only going to have a few tasteful touches because he wants to be able to drive it every day. So, gotcha. Yeah. So that really kind of dictates what the car looks like um, along with the owner. And sometimes the owner will just be like, listen, do your thing. You know, you, you do the car that you want to do. I have a couple clients like that right now, and that's always nice because you really get to exercise what you think is, is uh, going on right now that would be hot. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then as far as, so then you sketch it out and, uh, what, what, so as far as specific tools, like what do you use? What do you have? Is it a, there an automotive uh, specific software? There is. So back in the day, it was all done by hand drawings, markers, airbrush rendering. And now of course mm. we've, I still do a little bit of that. I always like to, to draw a little bit just to keep the ideas. You know, everything I do is uh, hand drawn, but nowadays I work on a uh, 30 inch Wacom Cintiq. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with are, that. Yeah, those yeah, are so cool. <laughs> yeah, and I use uh, Sketchbook Pro, um, okay. which is a drawing program, and then I use Photoshop to do all the rendering. And this is all my 2D work. And then for my three dimensional work, I use Alias, which is a 3D automotive um, modeling program. Uh-huh. Very pretty sophisticated software. Um, it, uh, it's used by all the big three and building cars. I mean, if you're driving a car right now, it's probably 99% sure it was done in Alias um, hmm. and a new car. And then uh, I work with another guy, Kevin Pasco, up in L.A., who I partner with on 3D modeling and engineering and digital modeling. He uses Rhino, and sometimes we do some new stuff with ZBrush. He's pretty good at ZBrush, so that's just kind of a kind of a representation of form study, stuff like that. Um and sometimes I work with a builder and they'll use SolidWorks to build the parts, the more mechanical parts. Hmm. So on the, on the 3D CAD modeling end of things, there's, there's a variety of different programs that we use. And then I use wow, a, a program okay. called KeyShot to render everything in. Um, they take the 3D modeling, import it to KeyShot, and that renders it for you to show the customer. Nice. Yeah. So there's right. a lot of process. So, yeah. yeah. And then on top of that, there's the clay modeling and the fabrication and all that stuff too. So... How long does it, and obviously each client's going to be different as far as what they want, but how long is a, like a typical process from, uh, from initiation of the, the discovery of the, what type of car they want to the, to them driving it out of the garage? <laughs> well, that's tricky. I mean, lately it's been like nine months cause everybody wants it now and these guys don't have uh. much to do cause of COVID. So they just want to attend to their projects, but I really recommend people at least two years. 
Um, okay. It depends on the budget and how extensive the project is. I mean, some of these cars can go five to 10 years. Um, I don't recommend that, but you know, usually about two years is what, what the normal uh, timeline is of a car. Um, and there's two ways I can work. Some people hire me for the design work and they say, Hey, I got it from here. And I'm like, okay. Um, a lot of guys will take the artwork, go to the builder, and then they contact me and they're like, okay, we want you to work with the builder and translating this to get the 2d sketch, you know, 2d sketches made into 3d. And then they'll hire me back to do the CAD modeling, to do the rapid prototyping. And that's really kind of how I like to work because, you know, I'm working with the builder, it's becoming more functional. And then the translation from 2D to 3D and getting the overall design work is a lot more apparent than if just handing it off to somebody. So I like to stay consistent throughout the whole process until the car is done. Gotcha. And then we like people that it's like five to 10 years. Is that is that just because of budget or just or it just takes that long time wise of building? Yeah, I mean, my one of my friends that I went to school with, Chris Brown, he just finished up a uh, 55 Chevy that was called Brute Force. It took uh, it took about that long. It's it's a very very high end car. I'm not going to say how much it was, but I mean, it's it's very yeah. high end. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it just took that long to build. I mean, it's a very extensive wow. car. Yeah, it's an amazing car. Um, so sometimes it's just it's just you know the engineering and, and the, just what it takes. You know, wow. sometimes you know sometimes it'll go a different direction or it'll, it'll, they'll choose a different builder midway through or something like that. But it, it, you never know. So there's just a variety of reasons. I mean, a lot of those cars you see at Pebble beach, the one-off concourse, de elegance, uh, coach built cars. I mean, those, those definitely take, uh, I would say at least five years, you know, you know, wow, yeah. never knew that. That's yeah. that Cause you're creating crazy. everything from scratch. I mean, sometimes you'll get like an old Alfa Romeo, and, you know, they found it in Europe, in France, and, you know, the, the whole complete side is not, they're missing the fenders. They don't make those fenders anymore. So they got to make yeah. that, they got to make that from sheet metal. And the only thing they have to reference is the left side of the car, but they got to make the right side of the car. <laughs> it's really hard. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's gotcha. very, yeah, oh, exactly. Wow. So, you know, there's ways and tricks to flipping the symmetry and getting it right. But it, it's basically like sometimes... We just debuted a car out in Arizona last uh, weekend, and one of my buddies is like, man, this Camaro's really crazy. He's like, what's so different about it, though? And I'm like, yeah, the only thing that's factory or stock in the car is the seatbelts. Everything else is handmade. That, that was going to be one of my questions, too. I was like, the, like the frames. So you, you're basically, I mean, there might be one little part that's original, but, but everything else is really just being fabricated. That's amazing. What do you find is the most difficult part of what you do? Oh, man, that's a question right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes coming up with the inspiration to come up with something new on, on, a, on a car that's currently hot. You know, like right now okay. I'm doing a Camaro and uh, I'm doing actually a couple of different Camaros. And so coming up with something and, and reinventing it that's different from the last one, because there's so many right now that are being done right now, that market's very hot. Um, that's, that's kind of hard, you know. Um, sometimes the communication between the owner and the builder can get kind of weird. Um, you know, uh -huh. everybody has different aspirations of what they want the car to be. So sometimes, you know, I don't want to say lock horns, but but you have to have open communication to clear things out and make sure we're all on the same page, especially when things like timeline and budget come into play. You know, we mm -hmm. got to make sure that we're all on the same page here. You know, I definitely don't want to draw a million dollar car when the owner wants to spend 300 and 
you know, um, you don't want to make the builder do more work than he has to and charge the bill up for the owner. So there's all kinds of different things to stay on page. And that's like I said, me being in constant communication and constant relations with the owner and the builder, it really helps and the different vendors. And a lot of times I have my own set of vendors too. So I'll work with people that I trust and know like Gabe's Custom Interiors or HRE Wheels. You know, I'll bring these people in and I, and I have a relationship with them and my sketches and, and my expertise will go hand in hand with what they do to get the job done on the car. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, again, I guess it's uh, with any career uh, we do, there's always going to be the difficult parts of stuff. My job is to take out this, the guesswork and the expense of making mistakes. Like I said, with that Alfa Romeo making the other fender, instead of just taking it to sheet metal and rebuilding it 10 times and that, which would cost like 80 grand, Let's draw it two dimensionally, get it to scale, and get a game, get a game plan and a blueprint, and then go out and do it right. And that saves a lot of money and time in the long run. And so, ideally, I think that's where I like to think that my expertise is is found. You know, I, I always say it's better to sketch on paper and not sketch in sheet metal. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> that's true. What What do you think your What do you believe your secret sauce is to your success? Um, I think one of the things. Number one, I think my diversity and being pretty open-minded and trying new things, um, you know, like, like that's one of the reasons why I like doing the sling Tesla and I have some other projects I can't talk about right now that are way different than what I'm used to. Um, when they see them, people are going to be like, Oh, that's kind of out of your wheelhouse, you know? Um, so I think number one, just, just being able to take on different projects and not trying to be a, a one trick pony, I guess that's, that's one of the things I think my knowledge coming from, you know, I did have some experience at the OEM industries. Um, cause I, you know, I did work for uh, car companies and I also freelance for a lot of car companies. So I like to take that knowledge and discipline of the car company and put that into the, uh, the custom cars as well. And that kind of raises the bar and the quality of the custom car because we're doing everything on an OEM, uh, corporate level instead of just kind of coming up with a home built build. Um, everything I do, I try to strive. I try to look at the cars. If it were to come off the assembly line, what would this car be like? Um, I kind of always have that in the back of my head. It's kind of a trick I like to play in my head when I'm doing a car. I'm like, oh, how's this splitter going to look? How would it look if I if it was on the new GT500? How would it be executed? You know, so that's that's another thing. Um, and just trying to be, you know, an overall good people person and keeping keeping good communications and relations with people. Um, I think that's always important too. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And and this this is not a this is not like a a regret type of question. But like if you were looking back, is there something that you would have done differently through your your journey? Um, you know, not not much. I think I probably would have been more adamant and you know, going through art center, I always had one foot in in working for car companies and one foot working on my own, you know, freelancing. And it wasn't until I quit Honda and where they really came together. But you know, um, I probably would have just took the professional career choice, but always planned to have my own business in the long run. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't, okay. I don't know. But on the other hand, I wouldn't have the experience and knowledge I have of working for the OEMs too. So. You know, it's six one half dozen, as they say. You know, yeah. um, but you know, the other thing is, uh, it's not anything that I wish. I, I, I'm glad, I'm grateful, and proud that I went to Art Center College of Design. It's a very prestigious college. But nowadays, if I had to do it all over again, 
man, I hate to say this, but you know, I don't know if people need to go to college anymore. I don't know if people need to go to college for a lot of things. I mean, I, I yeah. feel like people can go out and hustle right now and get their point across just through, you know, I hate social media sometimes, but <laughs> it is a platform where you can be heard. And there's a lot of online courses, especially that have ramped up since the whole pandemic that you can just take stuff at home and, and be like, I'm going to learn that. And I got a feeling yeah. if you hustle hard enough, people are like, wow, I kind of admire that. And, you know, this guy's resting on his hustle. He's just not resting on a piece of paper that got him, you know, from college, yeah. you know, but that's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. But hey, the one know, thing about an education is once you have it, nobody can ever take it away. So it's always nice to have. That. Yeah, that's true. That's but, true. but I feel yeah. like, I don't know, you, you can hustle harder and, and, and do better now these days. So I don't know if I would go to college again, if I had to learn this, you know? Okay. Okay. That's cool. Now, as far as, I mean, you kind of, Gave great advice right there, but what's one piece of advice that you would give to someone that uh, that is looking to get into your industry? Uh, draw, yeah. <laughs> Keep a sketchbook. Draw all the time. Um, and then draw. And I mean draw. I mean do like a hundred drawings a day. You know, literally. I know that's a lot, but like when we were going through school, we were doing fifty to sixty pages of sketching with three cards per page. So you do the math. That's a lot wow. of cards we're drawing. And if you didn't, if you didn't have them all done, then the, the the instructor would be like, okay, that's another twenty on top of that next week that are oh, due. Wow. If you didn't have those down, you went down a letter grade. So it only three chances, and then you got to a D. Might as well quit. So draw, draw, draw. Keep a sketchbook. Always keep constantly a sketchbook. Every morning I wake up, I have coffee, I draw in my sketchbook. Um, number two always be open-minded and always be open-minded to your surroundings and take that as inspiration and influence to what you do in your, in your career, but also be open-minded and diverse that, listen, there's only a couple thousand car designers in the world. You're probably not going to get a job in the OEM. You know, you graduate the class of 15, two are going to get a job. The rest are going to kind of go do products and you know, the other rest aren't going to get a job at all in the design industry. So be open-minded to doing other things and being open-minded to, hey, you might not like it in the car studio like I did. It might be stiff. It might be corporate. You might not like this. You might not like your boss telling you what to do. You know, so what are you going to do? So, you know, I've done, I've designed things for toys. I've designed video games. I've designed, you know, a lot of variety of different objects, household products. I've designed boats. You know, you have to be diverse in that aspect, too, because if you don't get that cream car job that you want, you got to be able to pay the rent, you know, and or, or the house payment or what have you. So uh -huh. you got to you got to keep options open. I get a lot of people who are like, oh, it's this or it's this or nothing. And then they get out and it's like they don't have, they can't do anything, really. You know, they're a one trick pony and that yeah. pony didn't take off. So now did you like I mean, with that advice, did you were you always focused on being a car designer per se or were you or were you like just in love with the idea of design itself of product designing that's weird i mean generally i was in love with the idea of just design itself and being able to create something from 2d to 3d and seeing it mm -hmm. happen i thought that was pretty pretty fun i mean when i graduated you know i was like man i maybe i should put my portfolio in at nike because i was initially kind of where it all started with me you know uh -huh. and then when the motorcycle thing came about you know i interviewed with ford didn't really like michigan they weren't really feeling me and so i came back and i was like man honda was like well what about bikes i never ridden a motorcycle in my life but i know they're cool uh -huh. and i know i love them yeah. <laughs> you know you know cbr 1000 and all these cbr 600 and all these bikes i was uh -huh. like 
okay, but if I had not been diverse in my thought process and how I did things, I would have missed out on that, you know, and Uh, granted, you know, I walked away from that job two years into it, but I'll never um, take away that I got a lot of experience out of it. And I always appreciate that. So, oh yeah, for sure. For sure. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. No, I I see that as, you know, the love for design and you just, you happen to, get you know you you did it do it in card design so which is awesome but as far as inspiration like who what what particularly inspires you and i know you mentioned like other industries but specifically specifically you know um i get i get inspired a lot by architecture you know um it's weird i have you know before i start a big project i kind of like to just go and walk into a, a downtown area or a metropolitan area and, and, and not also people watch and see kind of people's what are the, what's going on right now, because that's kind of a mood that you can take and put into your project. But, you know, see, you know, I like architecture. I like being around a lot of different people. I like doing a lot of different things. So downtown environments, architecture, I kind of like that. That's something that inspires me a lot. And it's a weird thing to say, but I actually really enjoy, you know, cooking, stuff like that. Um, and, and how chefs kind of approach things with their discipline. Um, it's kind of interesting. I mean, there are times where I do get inspired by um, the automotive industry too. Um, you know, I always like what's going on in, in, in uh, what Ferrari does and Porsche and stuff like that. I tend to try not to watch that too much because like I said, what's done before is not what's going to be done next. So, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. That absolutely makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I love the fact, I mean, like I, you said earlier, I love the fact that you, you use other industries. For your well, it's, it's like our mutual friend, um, you know, Mike Alzona from Situation Control. You know, he's one of my yeah. best friends. And me and him laugh a lot because we have generally the same client. You know what I mean? And they uh-huh. basically do the same thing. I'm doing a custom car. He's doing custom clothes. And we're tailoring it to their needs. So when I go up and visit Mike, I like hanging out and, you know, sitting back and having a scotch or a drink and tell, you know, you tell me what's going on. Oh man, uh-huh. we got this new material coming out from Italy and this is awesome. And this would look amazing in a trunk or, and we've talked about doing some stuff with the cars lately, like on a, doing a European car where it had bespoke luggage or, or suits that nice. were with it or, or something uh-huh. in that aspect. I think those kind of people and those kind of situations and that kind of um, environment is what inspires me more than anything. You know, I have a lot of friends that are in the apparel industry. I have a lot of friends that are in, in the jiu-jitsu industry. And seeing just how they tackle things from a day-to-day basis and from what they do creatively and how can I take away from that, that's what inspires me, I think. It's really weird in that, in that aspect. No, I, totally. That That's awesome, man. That's awesome. You, you, you get creative. You get your inspiration from other people, their surroundings, what they do. And, and I love the fact that you you can bring that into your designs. I mean, your, your designs are amazing. Your car designs are amazing. As far as like, I mean, at the end of the day, you are a creator, right? You're a designer, you're a creator. But what does creating do for you internally? It, it, it internally it lets me get the ideas that are out in my head and express what I want to do. Um, uh, I'm not going to lie. That used to be my answer to what motivated me. These days, what motivates me is I want to create the best cars for the best people and make really good money. And I don't want to make any bones about it anymore. I used to be humble and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm in it for the art or I'm in it for the creativity. And like, 
No, I just want to do the best cars for the best people and make a lot of money right now. And I know that sounds really corny, but I'm at a point now where I have to put myself in the driver's seat. And I'm just realizing uh-huh. this in the past three weeks that, you know, I just want to create really great work and really great cars. Uh-huh. Um, of course, I love getting, you know, the creative outlet and I love being inspired by something and taking it from a thought to a sketch and seeing it in 3D. Mm-hmm. But I also want to do good on the project and have it be successful and go on to the next project. You know, I mean, I am running, yeah. I am yeah, running yeah. a business here. So, yeah. Oh, no, for sure. For sure. And that's that's the hard battle, right? Like you, you, you love what you do on the creative side, but then you also have to have your business hat on and you got to make money. It's hard running. A, you know, I got to be the creative guy and I got to be the billing guy and I got to be the health insurance uh, guy. <laughs> I got to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's hard. Yeah, totally. yeah. So then this might intertwine with that uh, that answer here, but the the acronym I've created is WIDWID, right? So it's why I do what what I do. So why what's your WIDWID? What why do you do what you do? Um I, I would like to say I do it because I like I love cars, but I actually do it at the end of the day because I do I think people should get into design to make people happy. I know that sounds kind of weird, but ideally, whether it's you're designing one product for a million zillion people that's going to end up in Target or you're doing one car or one suit for one customer that makes them feel a special way, you know, it really is cool to, to, to have a creativity, have creative thought in your head, share that and somebody else uh, monetizes on it and is happy. So I, I think deep down that's that's what it is, you know. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. So let's get out of the uh, the the work mode and the creative mode, and let's just relax. So let's say living life. What's your uh, What's your Sunday like? Oh man, Sundays are probably um, some type of uh, long breakfast. Whether it's uh, we go out or or uh, you know with my friends, or we do I do breakfast at home. It's usually something that's pretty pretty good breakfast. Uh, sitting around with coffee. Um, and then after that, a little bit of work and a little bit of, uh, errands, you know, um, and then usually around the afternoon, I have, I have a, a friend here, Tone Anderson, who's doing a, a food project here and, uh, he's got a couple food trucks. And so we'll, we'll visit him and they do these events where they'll, they'll be, uh, collaborating with a different brewery. So we'll visit them, go to a brewery oh, cool. or two in San Diego. It's a big beer town. Um, yeah. and then, you know, usually some kind of, you know, Sunday dinner. But whether it's we go out, right, yeah, right. yeah, there's a couple of restaurants we like to frequent on Sundays, but just keep it mellow, you know, yeah, yeah, especially yeah, since the pandemic, Sunday. yeah, it's it's yeah. really just keep it really mellow, um, yeah. What about your other creative outlets? Um, biking, I like bicycling. Me and all my oh, friends, cool. yeah, we love going biking, uh, hiking. Love going to Torrey Pines in La Jolla, going hiking, um, and I love cooking. You know, of course, I've said that, but. Yeah, okay. yeah, cooking is another thing that cool. I really love to do. So, yeah. Are you, as a cook, are you uh, being creative and just doing your own recipes or are you uh, look at a recipe and... Sometimes, sometimes I'll look at a recipe. Sometimes I'll have friends that, uh, they, they, you know, they'll make something from, from where they're from and, and I'll try to, you know, that'll inspire me to do something, you know. Um, we just got back from uh, Scottsdale last weekend, and, and we were cooking a lot of uh, chamorro food, which was interesting. It was really good. So, what what kind of food? Chamorro, like Guam, you know. What, what is? Oh, oh wow, yeah. okay. You know, it just depends. Sometimes I'll go to a restaurant and I'll like stuff. I'm really into chili. I know that sounds weird, but uh, I, okay. I enter I enter chili cookoffs, <laughs> and I'm really in like 
really into like making chili so it's uh, that's, that's kind cool. of like my hobby i guess yeah dude dude don't even know like everyone has this, right like i'm really into freaking vinegar like different like pickled like pickled onions and and then just dropping it in vinegar and like it's like it's just that taste and it's like oh my god <laughs> everyone has their thing <laughs> yeah i like that i like and i like exploring different chili powders and chilies and stuff like that and what can do it and you know so uh, yeah uh, i like that cool. so yeah that's really cool. That's really cool. And as far as to kind of cool your mouth with the chili cocktails, what's your what's your cocktail of choice? It, you know, it depends. It depends on what we're doing and it depends on mm -hmm. what I'm eating. Um, and it depends on the event. You know, um, I am a huge wine guy. Um, OK. Yeah, cool. I love I love wine. But when I go to a bar, I'm probably not going to order wine just because you're standing around. The glass is taller. They're probably not going to have great wine. You know, so, um, you know, when I go to a bar, um, it's usually going to be some type of beer. This is going to sound horrible, but I only drink the worst beers, which is Coors Light or Bud Light, <laughs> you know, and the reason why is I drink beer. Like we were in Arizona last weekend and, you know, it was hot and we were at a car show. We were debuting that car and me and my friends are like, yeah, we're not drinking IPAs out here, you know? So right. you're going to drink something that's cold and refreshing. So, um, but we go out at night, you know, I might get a, a nice cocktail. I, I do love old fashions, so I, I will mm. stick to a, an old fashioned. Um, but, uh, you know, I like different kinds of scotch too, but it really depends on the location. And, it, and there's not yeah. like, I have certain friends that are like, they got to go high in all the time. And I'm like... Man, ain't nobody trying to like, you know, have a, <laughs> drink an IPA at the Colorado River, you know. So don't, don't, right. you know, you got, you got, it's got to be appropriate for the occasion. So. Oh, I agree. I agree. I agree. Like, dude, so I was, I feel you on Coors Light. There's nothing more refreshing than a Coors Light, especially if you're like, my ideal place is like at a ball game. Yeah, you exactly. Just, if you're yeah, going oh to a ball game, God. you're going to drink Miller Light or Coors Light or something. Yeah, yeah. And you're probably going to eat a hot dog, you know, you're probably yeah, going to exactly. eat a hot dog. Yeah. Exactly. And I recently switched over to uh, Michelob Ultra Light. I love it. I love it. I like, you don't even feel guilty for drinking it. <laughs> but uh, but as far as bucket list stuff, is there you have something that you you want to accomplish in your life that's on top of that list? Um, traveling wise, I'd love to go to, which is really upsetting to say this because I have friends there right now. I'd really love to go to Monaco for the F1 race. Oh my God! Yeah, I know. I had I had, I had a friend of mine. The guys from Chrome Cars. They were DMing me. They had a they had a yacht party last night, and I was like, "Where are you at?" Ha ha ha! Knowing that like you know nobody's traveling right now, and I can't go. I was like, uh, and I'm just not there yet. But like eventually, I'd love to go with my friends to you know to Monaco to the F1 race. I think that would be. Dope. I would think that would be an amazing thing. Um, and uh, you know, just keep traveling with my friends and family. I think for right now. Nice. Those that's awesome. Have you watched that show on Netflix? The F1 uh and I got to get the name. It's a it's a documentary about F1 formula racing. It's three seasons. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome, yeah, right? It's, it's, it's so super good. awesome. It's super dramatic and you know, I I don't I'm just now getting in I have a lot of uh good friends that are into F1 and I'm I'm kind of new to the game and it's getting addicting and, and it's crazy because you got to keep up on it on a daily basis. You know, it's, yeah. everything changes. The motors change, the rules change, technologies change, drivers change. So it's, yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, it's a different sport. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's like, it's pretty, it's really entertaining. And so as far as the other, th Oh, the other thing, books, are you a, are you a reader? 
I, I read a lot of design books. Actually, I just got back from Hennessey Ingalls last week, one of my favorite bookstores. It's an architecture and design bookstore in LA. Okay. So, you know, I do, I do get a lot of books from there. Um, you know, right now I'm, I'm reading a lot of creative books, but more how to run a creative business in a creative way mm-hmm. type of books. Um, yeah. 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 And right now, actually, I'm reading. Uh, <laughs> it sounds I got to brush up on some stuff, and I always I always have this book handy. It's an instructor that I had in art center, and he's got this book called How to Render by Scott Robertson. You know, every now and then I'll have to get it out, like dust it off. You know, it's actually right here, right within arm's reach. <laughs> all right, all right. All yeah, right. yeah. So I always have to like, you know, different cars have different techniques. You know, that's yeah. you know, you're always learning. You're always constantly trying to improve your your fundamentals. So, um, I read a lot of those books too. You know, just different techniques, different stuff. Um, it's hard right now. There's so many different people on Instagram right now sharing their artwork. So you're trying to be diverse and different, and, uh, yeah. and it's definitely hard. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, no worries. How do you how do you battle with that? Like, because I know that's a, the social media aspect. Like it, it is a like there's so much like it's crazy to keep up with social media. It is. is I mean, a, sometimes you know, like you go to school with guys and your stuff. You know, we have different. We have the same instructors, and you know, your stuff kind of looks similar. And then you graduate, and you, and, you, and we're all looking at the same Tumblr feeds or Instagram feeds, and uh, you, you don't try to do that, but subconsciously, it's the stuff ends up that way. And yeah. I don't know. You know what? Sketches are sketches. Sketches are really just tools to get 2d ideas into a 3d environment. That's all it is. And if you're getting huffy that somebody's sketch is looking, looking similar to somebody else's, it's like, get over it. If you're really the man, you're on to the next page anyways. So yeah, I mean, sketches really are just tools. You don't see two dimensional pieces of paper going on the highway. You see cars. It's the design that really matters. And as long as the design is, is different enough and you're not copying actual design and stuff, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think everybody should strive to be as creative as they can in their own way. But these yeah. days, it's like we're all drinking from the same trough right now, and it's really mm-hmm. frustrating. I don't know if Instagram. Instagram's cool because it shares your work with a lot of different people. But I remember, you know, a long time ago, back when I first started out, the only way to see other designers' works were to buy these uh, books in Italy, in Japan. One was car styling, and the other one was automotive design, and they came out every three months. And we, and when they came out, we like. We went. We you only could get them at certain bookstores, or you had to order them from Europe. And there would be these little drawings that we would hang on to and cut them out and blow them up. And that was the only thing we had to reference our work off of. You wow. know, do I have wow. one here actually? No, I guess I don't. But yeah, it, it it was hard back in the day. Now it's like, oh, I'm gonna be a car designer, and, and like, there's all these classes you can take when you're 14. You know, on YouTube, which is great. Yeah, I yeah. remember. I remember having to like. Uh, drive to the library and I, or drive my bike to the library to check out books on how to use markers and how to use do renderings and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Now, I'm, yeah, now yeah. I'm aging myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right, Sean. Well, two more questions and uh, my, these are the conclusion questions. Uh, how it's a legacy question. How do you want to define your legacy up to now? Um, you, and professional or just overall generally? Just o- more overall generally. Oh, um, that was a great, great friend and great family guy. And, and I, I did some really cool projects in cars, you know, 
yeah, I don't have to have this grandioso, <laughs> you know, oh, it's very right. simple that I was, that I was a friend you can count on and, and, a, and a great family guy and a great uncle to my nieces and nephews. And, and I did a few, few cars under my belt. You know, I got to be honest with you. I wrote down a list. This sounds weird, but I wrote down a list two weeks ago of all the things I designed. And I looked at the list and I was like, yeah, okay. I'm straight with all this now. Like if I had to do something else, not that I'm going to, but like, I'm pretty proud of what I do, you know, and I'm pretty proud of what I've done and I'm pretty proud of what I'm going to do. So, you know, if I had to stop it tomorrow, I'm cool. Yeah, I'm proud of that, you know. And what's crazy about that is, is at the end of the day, I'm doing something that I wanted to do when I was four years old, you know. So not many people can say that. You know, I started drawing, drawing cars when I was a kid. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I continue to do. That's what I'm going to do. So, yeah. yeah. Finish this sentence, Sean. Sean is uh, amazing at cooking chili. <laughs> love it, love it, love it, Sean. <laughs> as Sorry. far as uh, that's that's great, I love it. Uh, as far as social media, uh, we, I know I said it at the beginning, but uh, if someone wanted to get a hold of you. What's the best way? Uh, or interested in you know getting getting a car done? What would be the best way? My my website's SeanSmithDesigns.studio. My Instagram is. Sean Smith Designs, you can hit me up there, DM me. That's that's kind of like how lately a lot of people have been doing it, you know, or you can get my personal contact information on my webpage. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Well, Sean, I want to thank you so much for for your time, your story. I, I it's it's just great to hear the perspective because yeah, I I mean, I didn't know as far as car design. I mean, I, I see the cool drawings and then your your stuff that that's come to life and it's just it's cool to again to hear the 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 man behind the the vision of the car so no i appreciate you having this is great this is tons of fun so yeah all right awesome awesome and that will conclude our scotch parlor podcast and make sure you subscribe and and catch you on the next one Thank you for listening to another Scotch Parlor podcast. Please visit scotchparlor.com to see short documentary videos, photos, and more podcast episodes of other inspiring creators. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast and check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Scotch Parlor. Till next time, cheers and go create. Yeah.